It's Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. It's the final week of the preseason, and we have so much to talk about. The final roster cutdowns have happened. Some huge trades have happened. The practice squad has been assigned, and there was a game against the Kansas City Chiefs. I am Mike Fleischman, the host of the best podcast about the Green Bay Packers. And joining me in my Southside estate for today's episode, it's Matt Mellum. Hey, Matt. Hey, Mike. How you doing? Doing great. Good. Uh, glad, glad you could make it down to the estate. We're not in the beautiful Loop Studios today. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be here. I think this might be more beautiful. It's it's a it's a bit more comfortable. It's in, a bit more homey in in the living room. Yeah, we've got the cats wandering wandering in places. We've got my uh, my art. Your your favorite painting in yeah. the world is uh, oh is behind he's you. So big, the big sheep. Yeah, it's a big sheep. I just uh, I was at a buddy of mine's house last night, and I saw that he also has a painting like that. Oh, fantastic! Thought, oh, they're all over the place. So, the, the the big animal was a nice period in American folk art and yeah. British folk art as well. Uh, this is the best podcast about American and British folk art. Yeah, it's cheeseheads. It cheeseheads in large sheepland. It had me captivated for a second. I was just watching yeah. him. I'm just kind of in awe at how big he is. I, I just and the the tiny little legs. Yeah, like the legs aren't as legs. big as the rest of the sheep. Yeah, for some reason. Um, I'm gonna tweet a picture. Of yeah, the this sheep. is the best way so, to do a podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the audio only medium where we talk about a painting <laughs> that's uh, that's hanging in my in my uh, my foyer. Uh, week four of the preseason. So much has happened since we talked last, and we a lot we only it. talked last 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 week mm-hmm. that was a great sentence that i just just pulled out but since we've talked the packers played their final preseason game against the kansas city chiefs which was largely meaningless except in the context of who made the final roster and who didn't yeah so in fact not very meaningless at all if you're like us and you love the minutia of of the final you know, guys, 47 through 53 on the Packers game day active roster. But other than that, completely meaningless. We didn't see anyone that we expect to decide the fates of the season, as it were. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to I'd like to start and just get this game out of the way. Yeah. In Can a we big quick way. run through it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. We saw we, we saw Deshaun Kaiser for, I believe, a series. Yep. And then we turned the game over to Tim Boyle. And before we got going, no, we got two. We got two series of Kaiser. Two series of Kaiser. He, he threw an yep. interception in the first series, threw a touchdown in the second series, and then we didn't see him anymore. And then Boyle came out. Right, you are, sir. Sir, so yeah, that a uh, he he did lead a. It was a wonderful nine play, sixty five yard drive on that second drive that he had touchdown pass to Geronimo Allison. A uh, nice 30, 31 yard strike on fourth yeah. and one. Yeah. So uh, a nice bold call. The preseason is when you go for it on the fourth hell? and one with a 22 year old quarterback. Yep. Preseason, you don't kick many field goals in the preseason. You know, your field goal kickers, especially for the Packers, field goal kickers set. Like it's time to like let these guys play out in situations like fourth and one. What do you do? Apparently, throw a 31 yard touchdown. We saw Tim Boyle for the rest of the game. Before we got live, we were talking about Tim Boyle at Eastern Kentucky, where it's just more and more proof that Tim Boyle is a project. Yeah. And he is a guy who his release timing, I know, especially Sunday Night Football loves to do that that release timer thing where they start with from when the ball leaves the two handed uh, grasp to when it releases from the hand. They put that little timer up and and they critique it. Uh, Tim Boyle's is. Lightning, about lightning as good fast. as it gets. Yeah, 
and it that ball whips out of his hands. That ball shoots out of his hands like it's never been shot out of a hand before. It goes so fast. He throws it hard. He doesn't throw very well. No, he's, he's not good at the making decisions or the accuracy thing. Um, in college, he threw. He had like a sixty-one percent completion percentage. He's not a super accurate quarterback, but he's got a hose of an arm. And he's he's a guy that the Packers will recognize this kind of quarterback from yeah. you know uh, Favre, comma Brett. I'm not making comparisons. I'm just saying that mm-hmm. Favre is another guy who who came into the league with a willingness to throw the football. Yeah, which that's a nice segue into Brett Hundley, mm-hmm. and no longer a Green Bay Packer, and largely based on. A lack of willingness to throw the football. <laughs> a fear of throwing the football. You see you see who stayed and who went yeah. in the Packers quarterback room. And willingness to throw the football, albeit badly, yep. has won out over unwillingness to throw the football. Also badly, no matter what. <laughs> yeah, no, it was... Uh, I, I'm surprised that we were able to get what we got for Brett Hundley. I didn't... I was kind of worried that we would not see Brett Hundley traded and just cut. Um, but to get... A pick for him, even if it was a late round. I think it was what conditional sixth rounder. Yeah, um, that's fine. That's great. Well, Hundley was a fifth round pick. He was a fifth round pick who yeah. got put into a starting role, looked bad. Yeah, as most hey, as most fifth round picks do. Mm-hmm. Most fifth, fifth round picks do not play at superstar levels. So, hey, Hundley did what he was drafted at. Well, we're we're gonna have a long episode today where we yeah. talk about guys who didn't make the Packers, mm-hmm. and I think it's always important to note that when, I, when we talk about guys being bad on this podcast, we're not actually saying that they're bad at football or no. bad people. No. It's just that the NFL is such an elite, exclusive group of people yeah. that being bad in the context of not being good enough to make the NFL means that you are literally one of the greatest athletes living in the world right now. Yeah. Except you're not as good as these other as, thousand guys. Yeah. You're not as good as the upper top zero one percent of athletes in the world. Yeah. Sorry that you're top point zero two percent. Yeah, there are there are thirty fifty three man rosters in the in that, the NFL. And that's basically all that exists for this style of football. Mm-hmm. Unlike like baseball in the major leagues, uh where there's three different like minor leagues below that and then rookie leagues and summer leagues and independent leagues and various different professional leagues around the world this is the only world that you can this is the only league where you can play the NFL football and so to not make a team is not a to say that somebody's bad because they didn't make the team is not like a statement looking down on them because as we've seen with a lot of Packers guys that get cut is they go on to other teams Vince Beagle's with the Saints right now uh, Ahmad Thomas with the uh, Indianapolis Colts a lot of the guys that don't make the Green Bay Packers go on to play at other other teams go on to play other that being said, Brett Hundley was bad, and he got traded to the Seahawks. Yep, and see ya. Glad, <laughs> glad to see you go. <laughs> uh, Six-round pick for, for Hundley, and I just want to talk about where he landed in mm-hmm. that there are definitely some similarities between him and Russell Wilson, sure, who he'll be learning from in that yeah. Wilson, stronger arm, a little bit more m- mobility, far better decision-making, yep. but from the mold of the quarterbacks that, that like to be mobile, like to move and and tend to be a bit fine yeah. when they when they work. Wilson Wilson's confidence in his game IQ is is far higher. Yeah. But I I wonder if if Hundley gets pressed into a situation in in Seattle, 
it could go far worse than it did in Green Bay because his offensive line in Seattle Terrible. is is uh, once again so bad. Like, see our earlier disclaimer. Yeah, but so they're bad. so bad. They're so bad. And I mean, I, the big issue with Seattle's offensive line is that a lot of, not a lot of them, some of them are not traditional linemen. Like they've tried to convert tight ends to play line. They've tried to convert defensive players mm-hmm. to play line. They're not. Like, these are the greatest athletes at other positions being asked to play offensive line, and they're not good at it. It's like not their, it's not what they're supposed to be doing. Is Pete Carroll bored? Pete Carroll's bored as hell. Pete Carroll is trying to manipulate the football world. (laughs) Pete Carroll's. Pico forgot that he was playing real football and thought he was playing Madden and yeah. tried to edit all the players to be different <laughs> positions. And it didn't work, really. And Russell Wilson's able to survive in that world because he's insane, has that kind of whip release like Tim Boyle does where it's just out of his hands in a lightning second. And he's also like used to being on the run. Brett Hundley struggled when the line would collapse and he was supposed to be running. Like Brett Hundley was always wanting to run, but never knew when to run. He never knew when to break out of the pocket, when to stay in the pocket. Russell Wilson does know that. So Hundley's really going to have to learn his timing on escaping from the pocket, when to stay in, when to let your lineman reset, all of that jazz, except this time he's behind a terrible offensive line. (laughs) Just the worst. There are multiple guys on the (laughs) offensive line of the Seattle Seahawks who the phrase attempting to play their way out of the league Mm -hmm. could, could be applied at this point in time. It's... It's it's rough to watch a team that was as great as Seattle yeah. really just come apart. And it was based almost entirely on their defense. And to me, it's a matter of you've never you've seen this with Pete Carroll. Yeah. They get sick of him. Players get sick of him. And management I, I'm I'm always a believer that like when management sees the situation and chooses to get new players instead of a new coach, mm-hmm. they're messing up. Yeah. Especially when those players are Cam Chancellor, Earl Thomas, Richard Sherman, um, and and uh, Bennett, Michael Bennett. Yeah, I, I almost called him like Marty uh, Bennett, Marty Martellus. Yeah. So when when those players are as good and as elite and as still very as still capable of performing at an NFL yeah. level, uh, keeping Pete Carroll instead of those guys is is asinine. Yeah. It's. I mean, all of those guys. It's. They were all like all pros. They were all top tier NFL defensive backs and defensive linemen and everything. And it's just really difficult to keep a defense together. I, I, I think elite defenses last about four years. That's when guys either start aging out or start costing too much money to keep on a team. And they kind of hit that point. And instead of plucking the money down on those guys or kind of resetting as an organization, they were like, nah, we'll keep Pete Carroll. We're good with Pete Carroll. We're good with John Schneider. We're going to keep rolling. And John Schneider is not built good teams. No, you can't really think of anyone new. I can't think of anybody new on the Seahawks. And they tried Eddie Lacy. They tried Eddie Lacy. That didn't really work. Uh, Who's their running back now? Who do this? Like the Seahawks. I used to always remember everyone on that team because they were so great. And now they're so bad, and no one knows anything about the Seahawks. Um, Yeah, at this point, I'm I'm even like I do not care. Carson is that still their running back? Who did they? Yeah, Chris Carson, Rashad Penny, CJ Procise. They kept six running backs. All right. Five receivers, six running backs. Sure. Yeah. Well, they're going to convert three of them to offensive linemen. You're right. You're right. They are going to convert all of their fullbacks to offensive linemen. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they're they going to com- convert at least one tight end. Aaron Ripkowski is available to uh, to become the <laughs> Seahawks' new starting left tackle at any, at any point. Oh. I figured it out. Um, 
I just want to finish talking about this game just in the context yeah. of, of, of Tim Boyle. Tim sure. Boyle threw, uh, threw a couple interceptions. He threw a pick six to McKinton Dorland. Yeah, the, the My, era has been reborn. Yes, McKinton Dorland is back. <laughs> he plays for the Chiefs now. He was probably cut yesterday. I I didn't uh, I didn't actually look into it, but it was uh, it was good to see see Dorland again after after a stint where he I believe he started a game or two for Green Bay in uh, in the 2016 season where they literally ran out of defensive just backs had no one yeah 2016 well 2016 he had one tackle okay um and that's his only statistics uh doesn't I can't see anything saying that he's gone it looks like he's still on the Chiefs uh. Yeah, doesn't see anything that he got cut. Incredible. Well, congratulations job, to you. Kenton Dorland for uh, for sticking around. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a <laughs> on that's the on the Kansas City Chiefs. We we here at Cheeseheads in Chicago We're land. Big fans. Just we will continue uh, continue wishing you all the best forever and ever. I don't I don't even know why. Yeah, just, it, I just like him. Yeah, I was I was really excited when we first got him. I remember like watching a bunch of highlight reels of Kenton Dorland and be like, dude, this guy's gonna be great. And then he just never really played. I. I remember thinking, and this might be a little bit early for you. I remember thinking Atari Bigby was oh, going yeah. to be the next great I Packers defensive back. Yeah, he was not very good. Uh, he was not very good at all. <laughs> not very good. <laughs> so uh, McKinton Dorland, the winner of the 2017 Atari Bigby Memorial <laughs> Award. <laughs> I'm sorry, Atari Bigby, you're still alive. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Tim Boyle. Didn't really play great. Uh, Deshaun Kaiser was 5-7, had a touchdown, had an interception, got pulled after two possessions. Tim Boyle comes in for the rest of the game. Um, not great, really. He he can throw the ball a long ways. He can throw the ball fast. He just struggles to make his reads, and if his first read's not available, Tim Boyle kind of struggles. Well, he's clearly not ready to yeah, throw 31 not, passes in a game. He's not an NFL quarterback yet. No, it's 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 absolutely a project. He's your he's your quarterback number three. Yeah. And if we are actually at a situation where it, in the season where Tim Boyle has to come in and play quarterback, I'm pretty over. sure he's not going to come in and play quarterback. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Matt McGloin will be available <laughs> at that point. We'll sign or, uh, McGloin. Yeah, the Raiders, the Raiders might be willing to trade uh, trade one of their yeah. one of their their guys for uh, for peanuts or uh, or draft picks or or what whatever you. John Gruden wants. John Gruden doesn't know what he's doing over there. We saw a lot in the second half of of guys who were very very fringe for both yeah. of these squads. The Kansas City Chiefs had the had the upper edge. I think it's because they were playing at home and they were playing a, just playing against a quarterback who was putting the ball in their hands yeah. frequently, and that that let them. That let them really, really break out. And for the Packers, you see, you know, their their leading tacklers in this game were Vince Beagle, who's no longer on the squad, yeah. and Raven Green, who actually made, made it. The team. I was surprised by the Raven Green. Absolutely, I was shocked. That by was that. a big one. Um, good job to, for him, though. I mean, undrafted free agent rookie this year. Uh, it's pretty good. Yeah, twenty three year old guy out of James Madison College, and really only played in. I think the. The first couple are the last two, um, last two games. Yeah, and take a look at his uh, played played pretty well, it, and we're a little bit weak at strong safety. We don't really know much about Josh Jones yet. Um, he's always kind of struggled in coverage, so I'm interested to see how he works in coverage and in Petten's new scheme. But it, letting Marwin Evans slip to our practice squad meant that we kind of had one safety spot open. So it's. 
Filled by Raven Green, which I'm fine with. Most likely a special teams player at yeah, this point. A fringe special teams player. He probably won't get much in any like dime or nickel or quarter. I have bad news about McKinton Dorland. No, he he can't cut. Yeah. Ah, damn it. So uh, we we wish you all the best. Take back everything that we said about you being on the Chiefs. Sorry, God, Uh, that that probably. I hope he doesn't listen to this because it's gonna be sucky to hear. Facts are. uh, (laughs) It's gonna be. uh, Facts are not our strong point. Truth isn't truth. Truth isn't truth, Mike. (laughs) That's what Rudy told me. So we saw, yeah, we saw him. We saw Tyler Lancaster, Greer Martini, yeah, James Crawford. These guys really, really playing themselves into where they would, uh, where they'd end up being. And beyond that, preseason game number four, we saw absolutely no one that we expect to really start for the Packers, except possibly Aaron Jones running the ball and a little bit of Geronimo Allison. Yeah. Uh, some another big uh, big story from this game was Robert Tanyan making four grabs, yeah. a touchdown pass. I think his second touchdown in as many weeks, uh, and he ended up making the squad out of this, which is uh, which is how I'm going to segue out of this Chiefs game and never sure. talk about it again. Can we, yeah, can yeah, we we're we're not? done. Yeah, we're finished, finished with that. So we're we'll uh, we'll move on and just take a take a look at the full 53 man roster here on our our next segment of Cheeseheads in Chicago Land because Great. next Sunday night on the 9th it's Packers Bears at Lambeau Field. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, oh my, my gosh, I can't wait. <clears throat> oh, I can't wait. It's going to be very good. And this uh this roster is already a bit outdated. Yeah. So, We've uh seen a we'll few switch ups happen already. Yeah, we'll have a we'll have a few few switch ups already. At quarterback though, it's it's Rodgers, Kaiser and Boyle. Mm-hmm. As soon as the Hunley trade got made earlier this week, we knew that that was going to be what it was going forward, there was a possibility that Boyle didn't land on the active roster. Went down to the practice squad. Do you think he'll go down to the practice squad in a few weeks, or do you think he'll be on the full roster the whole season? He might be the practice squad move when uh, when Aaron Jones comes off a of suspension. Got it. That that wouldn't surprise me at all. And running back two were kept on the uh, the the cut down roster: Jamal Williams and Ty Montgomery. So that means, and this is the biggest story of this, is that Aaron. Rook- Aaron Ripkowski was uh, was released and gone. Yeah, no longer eligible for the practice squad, and so the Packers' four-year fullback gone. And to me, I'm I'm not at all sad to see him go. He was a suspect ball carrier, yep, a average blocker, and really fullback is not an NFL position any longer. He was really kind of primarily just a special teamser. He was was always running down on those kick returns, those punt returns. Um, Same with Joe Carriage. We let both of our fullbacks go. Uh, Joe Carriage did make the practice squad roster. He did make the practice squad roster? Cool. Yeah, he still had eligibility there. LaShawn Daniels released. Joel Buanyo is on the practice squad. And Bronson Hill has been released and added to that running back stable is going to be a, a Dallas Cowboys running back. Who, uh, whose name I... We just had it. We just had it. And then I clicked off of that page because I'm I'm super awesome. But the uh, the Packers did bring in a, uh, a Cowboys running back who I think was their second or third. Third. Um, Last season. Darius Jackson. Darius Jackson. There we have it. So Darius Jackson is now on the 53-man roster as running back number three. That will most likely change when Aaron Jones comes back yep. from his weed suspension. Yeah. Because in the... Uh, That's real serious. Yeah. In the ever in the ever awesome judgment of, of the Isn't National Football League. Also, it's like just a ticket in Wisconsin, I think. I yeah. Don't think yeah, he, it was a he ticket. He like didn't go to jail no. or anything. Like he just got like a ticket. No, it was a misdemeanor. Wow. Okay. That seems silly. 
Eight wide receivers. Yeah, eight wide receivers. That's a lot of receivers. Um, let me see the list. We got Devontae Adams. We got Randall Cobb. We got Geronimo Allison. We have Trevor Davis. We have Jamon Moore, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Equinemia St. Brown, and Jake Kumro. Jake Kumro has been added to the injured reserve. Um, we released Yancey, D'Angelo Yancey, Adonis Jennings, and Kyle Lewis. I was happy to see D'Angelo Yancey get released. He never impressed me. He he got a lot of snaps this preseason. I felt like they were really asking him to mm-hmm. to step up and become become a real NFL player. They yeah. gave him a lot of chances to be that, which I totally understand. He was a 2015 draft pick. Yeah. You need these guys. Been on the practice squad the last two years. Yeah, you need these guys to... Uh, Time to step up. I will. Do uh, yeah, it was a 2017 draft yeah. pick, so my my mistake there. So but the practice squad last year got some high praise from Rodgers uh, earlier this year when he called out the other rookies uh, and didn't deliver when asked to play when given plenty of time and snaps just didn't really deliver yeah just could not get open yeah. Adonis Jennings gone Kyle Lewis gone uh, I've heard Adonis Jennings name mentioned yeah. before I have no us. idea who Kyle Lewis is he I think might have caught one or two he was he got some pretty garbage time snaps so I'm assuming that eight wide receivers with Kumaro on the on the injured reserve for yep. the, until week eight it's now seven wide receivers. I'm yep. assuming it stays there. Yep. Most likely when Kumaro is healthy again, it'll be a question as to who of Jamon Moore, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and EQ St. Brown goes down to the practice squad. Mm-hmm. I think, and I also, I know the Packers have been trying to shop around Trevor Davis. I don't think they found any suitors. I also, I think Trevor Davis might be one of our moves as well if Kumaro comes back. I think we might see Davis go. Yeah, that will depend largely because he did play in the Kansas City game, and I forgot he looks very fast. He's he's real fast when he gets the time. Mm-hmm. When he like gets running, he's very fast. He's just not like super like quick. He's not great on like punt return type of stuff where it's a lot of quick movements. He's not good in and out of his routes. He's really good straight line speed, which is great on kick returns and which is great on the fly routes. But he's shown kind of an inability to locate and high point a ball and catch it. Yeah, if he make if he makes a couple of plus plays in the special teams game yeah. early on, I know he'll get the chances just because they the team seems very committed to giving him the chances. Yeah, so. and I don't know why. I I still like it's been three years of Trevor Davis being on this team, right? He was twenty fifteen. I believe so. He, it feels like he's been around forever and has done nothing in his time. Like every year, I'm surprised Trevor Davis makes the roster. 2016. 2016, so two years. This is his third year. Yep, wide receiver out of California. Yeah, every year it's a surprise that he's making the team and doing things. It's always a... Because he's, he's fumbled so many times. He's dropped so many passes. I'm always surprised if he gets snaps. But, hey. Hey, he's here. He's here. Four, he's here. T- four tight ends. Uh, four one tight of ends. these is Jimmy Graham, who is, who is a split tight end. Yeah. Uh, 84 Lance Kendricks might be more of a uh, more of a traditional tight end. Mercedes Lewis is your blocking tight end, and then Robert Tanyan is is the wild card in yeah. this situation. In that we saw we saw him make some good catches, run some good routes during the preseason, and I didn't expect him to make the final squad, but but here he is. Beat out Emmanuel Bird, Kevin Rader, and Ryan Smith. Good for. Good for uh, Robert Tanyan. Yeah, and keeping uh, keeping a, a fourth tight end is uh, is a pretty pretty major thing. He's played for the uh, the Lions and now the Green Bay Packers. Uh, the idea that the Lions let a tight end that was able to make another NFL roster go <laughs> a funny is, thing, is funny <laughs> because because they are bad at that position. They're bad at most positions. Yeah, Emmanuel Bird. Um, 
He was um, he was fringe. There are some yeah. moments of I would not be surprised if he ended up somewhere else. Yeah, no, even he, even this year on an active roster. He wasn't. He had moments. Yeah, he caught a few balls. He wasn't terrible. Um, kept nine offensive linemen: uh, David Bakhtiari, Brian Balaga, Lane Taylor, Corey Lindsley, Justin McRae, Byron Bell, Jason Spriggs, Lucas Patrick, and Alex Light. We let uh, Dylan Day, Adam Panky, Kofi Amicha, and Austin Davis go, though I believe Panky and Austin Davis are both on our practice squad now. Yeah, with Dylan Day, it was the penalties mm-hmm. that, that got him. With uh, with Panky, it was just inconsistency. Alex Light is is a pretty... Uh, Pretty out there, yeah. Pretty out there, their pick to make this team. Uh, 22 years old, though. 6'5", 309. He's got the... um, Got the size. He's got the stats. Yeah, he's got the size. He's got the physicality, yep. To to get it done out of Richmond College. So just sort of a... An undrafted free agent guy who ends up making the uh, the 53-man roster and... Boy, yeah, it's another one of those situations. If you are playing Alex Light on your yeah. offensive line We're this season, there's trouble a brewing. Trouble afoot. Um, yeah, Packers love those undrafted free agents on the line. Um, most most likely, Kyle Murphy. We are just waiting for the the injury buyout. Yeah. is the is the unofficial line on him. He you he, I agree with you. He played his way off this yeah, team. Yeah, Kyle Murphy's done. Kyle Murphy's on the IR. But uh, like Mike said, I think we're, Packers will just buy him out. Get him off this roster. Byron Bell was the only real surprise there. Byron Bell was a real big surprise. I when I was going through these not when I was going through these lists, I almost said it. I almost said, "Wow, surprised by Byron Bell making this team." He's he was not good. I thought he also played his way off the team. He didn't look like he had any drive to be on an NFL football field. Again, the preseason is one of those those things where yeah. Byron Bell has started a bunch of games in the NFL. I wonder if his practice and practice. Position room, yeah. IQ and attitude have been what kept him around. True. Because if if you if you go out as a guy nearing nearing thirty on on your third NFL team yeah. and are really like fighting fighting in the preseason, like that's good, I guess. But I don't think it's common to see yeah. see guys of that age sure. who have been brought in on on unrestricted free agent contracts really push it. I'm assuming I'm assuming that his work outside of the actual in-game stuff has been better. But it was the penalties that I didn't yeah. like on Bell. He just seemed unfocused a little bit throughout mm-hmm. it. So it'll be interesting. And I think it has a lot to do with pushing Jason Spriggs, who's your other real backup uh, backup boundary guy. Bell, Spriggs, and Light. Spriggs can go inside or outside. Lucas Patrick is more of an interior lineman. Yep. And Alex Light is clearly a project. So yeah, Alex Light. I mean, did we ever see him play? Any I of these did, games? but it didn't. Okay. Nothing remarkable happened. Okay. So that's your offensive line. the 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 starting five are are good, and I'm very happy with our starting five. Yep. Justin McRae really is is your weak point there, but considering the amount of improvement we see we saw just in in last season from him, yeah, there's still room for it, yeah. and there's there's no reason to assume that he's not going to continue to get at least marginally better yeah. than and, he is now. And what we saw from him last year wasn't terrible. It was oh. serviceable interior lineman play. And from a guard, you can get away with serviceable. Like a left mm-hmm. tackle or a blindside tackle like a, a, a where Bakhtiari's playing, you can't really get away with serviceable with a right-handed throwing quarterback. You need a great left tackle. With an interior lineman or a guard, you just need somebody strong. Like you don't need 
perfection at those spots if you've got good boundary guys. So, I'm, I, Justin McRae, I think, will exceed expectations this year. That's your offense. Moving on to the defense, it's Mike Daniels, Muhammad Wilkerson, Kenny Clark, Dean Lowry, and Montrevious Adams along the uh, the three-man defensive front. That's no surprise on any of those guys. Nope. James Looney, Joey Mbu, uh, Tyler Lancaster, and Connor Sheehy are the releases. There's no surprises there as well. The uh, the line we we didn't see really any Daniels to speak of very little Wilkerson a lot of Kenny Clark yeah some Dean Lowry some Montravius Adams I I'm not gonna judge the defensive line which didn't get a ton of push until we see Daniels Wilkerson and Clark on the field on the time. field at the same yep. time playing significant minutes if yep. uh, I'll, I'm gonna withhold judgment there because we didn't see a lot of that in the preseason we weren't supposed to yep. Linebackers 52, Clay Matthews, Nick Perry, Blake Martinez, Oren Burks, Reggie Gilbert, Kyler Fackrell. There's a surprise. Surprise. Antonio Morrison and James Crawford. That's the other surprise. Yep. I'm pretty excited about our linebacking core this year. I I think with this new scheme, I think we might see a little bit of a punch from Matthews that we haven't seen in recent years. I think if Nick Perry can stay healthy, he can stay healthy. That's great. Uh, but... I'm really excited to watch Aaron Burks play. He's so fast. Once he gets healthy, probably like second week of the year. Uh, I think that'll be a really fun interior linebacking core to watch. Is him and Martinez flying around, and Antonio Morrison looked good. He did. He looked. He looked fast. Yeah. Sideline to sideline, I saw him make a couple of great open field tackles. That's really all you ask for yeah. uh, for the guy in his first preseason game with with Green Bay. I like that the linebacking core is able to spell guys. Yeah. Clay Matthews. If if he can avoid an injury, yeah, in the first three weeks of the season and get settled into this season without having to be on the sideline, without having to wear a giant club cast, yeah, without just nursing some nagging injury, if they're able to spell him enough and use him situationally enough and have a little luck, yeah, and having Reggie Gilbert come up, it makes that so much easier. Yep, is having Reggie Gil- Gilbert come up and be an effective rusher throughout the preseason, he can spell Matthews. Matthews can play fifty percent of the snaps. Gilbert can play the other fifty percent on that left side. Kyler Fackrell can play a chunk of snaps, relieve Nick Perry. We've got the guys to spell on that, uh, on those rush spots. Excuse me, on those edge rush spots. So Vince Beagle is gone. Kendall Donerson's on the practice squad. Chris Odom is gone. Greer Martini's on the practice squad. Ahmad Thomas is gone. James Hearns, who is a person, is gone. Nashawn Hughes, who is also a human being, is yeah. gone. And Marcus Porter is gone. James Crawford will be a special teams gunner. He is the surprise yeah. at the end of this position list. I saw him make a couple of tackles, kind of be around the ball a lot in, in the third and fourth quarter of preseason games. But he did some great work on the special teams yeah. as their gunner. Just seems to have a a good north-south speed and an, an ability to hit guys hard. Yeah. And that's really... Just a nose for the balls yeah. I can ask for from those kind of guys. Six cornerbacks on the roster. Tremont Williams, the veteran Kevin King... The uh, second-year guy, Devon House, a, a guy who is on the roster, <laughs> who yeah. just continues to be uh, somehow make it the most C-plus NFL quarterback yeah. you've ever, cornerback you've ever seen. Jair Alexander, the rookie Josh Jackson, the rookie, and then Herb Waters, who this list is out of date because yeah, he's no already longer, gone. He's no longer the team. He was part of the cut uh, to bring in um, the running back, whose name I forgot already. I said it earlier. Yep. Darius Jackson. I was surprised to see Herb Waters make the uh, make the fifty three at all. Yep. Um, especially over Dimitri Goodson and Josh Hawkins. Yeah, who are guys who have had 
a couple of years in the system. Mm-hmm. I mean, Herb Waters been around for a while in the Green Bay system, but Josh Hawkins and Dimitri Goodson were on the 53 last year, correct? Yeah. Herb Waters was, was Herb Waters a practice squad guy last year? Hawkins was, was a starter. Hawkins was a starter. He looked terrible in preseason. He did not look good in preseason. He left, he let some guys get past him, but Herb Waters does have a history with the Packers. Um, Donatello Brown, despite having a very good name. Yeah. Despite having, oh man, Donatello Brown has a great name. I, to be honest with you, though, Mike, I think I do prefer Herb Waters' name. Herb Waters is a great name. That's, that's a pretty good name. I like the name Herb. Herb. Herb Waters. It's a great name. Is that short for anything? Herbert? Herbert, probably. Herbert Waters. Herbert Waters. That's a great name. And placed on injured, injured reserve is <laughs> Quentin Rollins, who, now that Herb Waters has been released, it becomes a question, because is is Rollins coming back, is Ro- or is Rollins getting an injury settlement? And- I- being done. I because I think if he's placed on the injured reserve now, he's not available till after week eight, I believe. So it might be a situation where we let him chill on the injured reserve and see if we get drained of cornerbacks like we always do. And then in week eight, if we have a little space for him, he can play. But I think it should be injury settlement. And because I think there's so many guys that are Quentin Rollins level that we can sign in free agency later. Um, and if you're looking at practice squad, squad cornerbacks, Tony Brown, who I have uh, have no information on. Not as good of a name as Donatello Brown. No. Definitely not. Um, the Packers also signed uh, another inside linebacker as of a few hours ago, Corey Toomer. He was part of the er- Herb Waters move and the placing Kumro and IR move in correspondence with that Darius Jackson signing. Um, Toomer played on the Seahawks and the Chargers and... We don't have a lot on him. He's been around since 2012. So another veteran guy at the veteran, inside veteran linebacker guy. spot. Oren yeah. Burke's currently not playing. Till probably like week two. Um, shoulder injury. Uh, he's looks like he'll be unavailable for week one. Probable for week two. So just depth. Depth depth move with uh, Jake Ryan out for the year. Acme Packing Company does speculate that with an open spot on the practice squad that Herb Waters is going to end up there along with Tony cool. Brown, cool. which I would I would love to see because I think he's a decent player. Yeah, I, he's 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 an effort guy. It's better than Quentin Rollins. Yeah, better than Quentin Rollins. Quentin Rollins can't keep up with anyone. Quentin Rollins is not good. We've tried him all over the place. We've tried him in literally every position. We've tried Quentin Rollins in the weak side linebacking position where he doesn't need to be super fast or be good in coverage, and he still was not good at tackling. We've tried him at safety. We've tried him at corner. We've tried him in return spots. We've tried him on special teams. He's just not good anywhere. And I think it's time he just gets paid and pieces out of the NFL. At safety, haha, Clinton Dix. No surprise. Kentrell Bryce looks to be the starter next to Clinton Dix yep. in the secondary. Josh Jones will be the third man, the Morgan Burnett linebacker safety hybrid. And then uh, Jermaine Whitehead, who is unremarkable but consistent. Yep, and can play can play a little bit of cornerback as well. Mm-hmm. We've seen Jermaine Whitehead play a little bit of uh, slot corner and stuff, so a versatile safety who's not offensive. And then your big surprise is Raven Green. Yeah, good to see him. Making, making the team. Raven Green is an undrafted free agent out of James Madison University. Yeah. Good good for uh, good for Raven Green. It made it over uh, Marwin Evans who'd been on the Packers roster for a few years now. Yeah, uh, made seven tackles against the Chiefs. Really yeah, yeah beat up Marwin Evans which uh, it's not the the highest praise that no, you can lavish on a guy, but uh, I like Marwin Evans. He hits the ball hard. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he, I he, I, he I follows through guys. He's, I expected him to break out. Yeah. And he he never did. So and not a surprise there like to uh, to have a couple of chances and not get it the the fringe of the NFL the forty seven through fifty three yeah. are such tenuous places to be yeah at um, all times 
specialists. We got uh, Mason Crosby at place kicker, J.K. Scott at punter, and uh, Hunter Bradley is our long snapper. So Hunter Bradley beats out uh, Zach Triner, yeah, who was the 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 stopgap option from last season gotcha. at, at long snapper. So and Hunter Bradley was a draft pick. Okay, for, Hunter Bradley was the one that we picked. It was mm-hmm. the long snapper that we picked yes. in what was that round seven? Yeah, round yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, Pick, picked ahead of Kendall Donerson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So uh, I'm right. glad to see him make the make the team as yeah. well as as you well as J.K. Scott. You spent a draft kick on a long snapper and a punter. They both better make the team. Yep. And it, it did it did at least happen. Yeah. J.K. Scott is is a good punter. He's going to be he's going to be all right. Uh, of course. Hopefully, there's no major major meltdown. But a, a 52 yard per punt average. On four punts against Kansas City, pretty good. Yep, can live with that. Yeah, he's had he's only had one game where he's he's booted a couple of short ones. He's mm-hmm. been very consistent otherwise, and just able to flip the field because no one can cover. No yeah. one, no one can return because the coverage gets downfield. Yeah, he hits the ball so high, he kicks it so high, and has such good hang time that everyone's down there in time that you can't return a ball against him. It's great. Yeah, his his motion is good. He's very tall, got very long legs, six foot and six. yeah, he's got a ton of flexibility. Yeah. And so it's just a very fluid, fluid kicking motion. Yeah. And that's a uh, that's Cheeseheads in Chicagoland where we talk about fluid kicking motions. Yeah, he this looks is, he looks clean yeah. when he kicks that ball. When that when that leg follows through, ooh, it's smooth. Ooh, it's like it's like like ice on a hot knife. It's a. Uh, it, it's it's like those pitchers that like have that incredibly high leg kick delivery. Yes, yes, like yeah, yeah, yeah. like a, a Dontrell Wills. Yes, the D train gets that leg way up there. I've seen there's pictures of J.K. Scott with like his foot like over his head, mm-hmm. like above his face. It's flexibility to the max. That's good kicking. That's good yoga. That's good kicking. That's good. That's good yoga. That's good kicking. This has been a very a very technical first half of this podcast yes. this week as we've we've broken down the roster. But I tell you what, I'm just so happy to get to this point. Yes, it it it's football's getting real again. Like football is really real and really about to happen. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's a great time of the year to happen. And I feel like this is the last podcast where we're really going to talk about the the back fifteen. Yes, on this roster. Which God. is going to be a relief. Oh, I can't wait to not talk about Tim Boyle. I yeah. can't, I'm so excited to never talk about Tim Boyle for the rest of the year. I would like to talk about Aaron Rodgers. I would love to talk about Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams yeah. and and Geronimo Allison and good football plays. Because Devontae Adams is really, really good. Devontae Adams, I, I miss watching him. Mike, I'm so excited to be able to like watch the football because there's a lot of guys I'm really excited to see that have not played this preseason. I'm really mm-hmm. excited to see a ton of Kentrell Bryce in real NFL situations. Same. I'm excited to watch Kentrell Bryce play NFL snaps. I'm excited to watch Josh Jones play real NFL strong safety snaps and see what we've got in him. I'm excited to see a lot of this, like these presumed starters. I want to see Mike Daniels back and healthy. I want to see this offensive and line. once again, filled with that very affable rage yeah. to his game. <sighs> he's so, he's so filled with rage and tenacity on the field. All and then the when you talk to him off the field and he like wants to talk to you about like anime. Yeah. He's so I just, I appreciate that type of personality yeah, so much. Just a football field personality. It's, what we've been seeing a lot of is like dumbed down defensive schemes, dumbed down offensive schemes, stuff that they're putting out on display just because you don't want other teams to know what you're doing. And so this is the first year of Mike Pettin. I'm sure they're playing it super safe with these defensive schemes. I'm excited to watch stuff get like real, real serious and real twisty and real schemed. Like it, preseason games are always so 
it's like you've got like 20 plays and these are plays that we don't care about other teams scouting and it's whatever. Once you get into the real regular season, it's the real playbook coming out. It's the real things that they've actually been working on in practice. Yep. It's the real first team. It's the real it's the real deal all yeah. of a sudden. There's no such thing as like scouting an off tackle zone block run. Yes. Yes. It, it like <laughs> it, it's whatever. Those don't matter. It's we're gonna get into the real like route trees and the real we're really gonna see what the Packers have on the coaching side of things this year, what Joe Philbin's really bringing to the table, what Petton's really bringing to the table. And I'm excited for all of Aaron Rodgers is going to throw more passes in the first quarter oh! than, he's, than he's thrown all preseason. I can't wait. And yeah, it's 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 coming up. It's going to be good. Uh, when we come back, it's a nice nice transition. We're going to take a look at uh, at just some minor things that have been happening around the Chicago Bears. They made a few small moves that uh, that might change the complexion of the NFC North. Yes. Emphasis on might. Yeah, probably won't. But uh, that's what's going to happen when we come back. This is Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. It's the final preseason episode. When you hear us again, we'll be talking about the Packers-Bears Sunday night game at Lambeau Field. And it's going to be so nice. I can't wait. I can't wait either. We've been doing this all summer. <laughs> we've just wait. been like We've been at the stoplight, like <laughs> revving up the engines. For like... Three or four months. Yeah. Just, just daring just, Marty McFly to drag race. Just saying, Roger Goodell, start the game. Yeah. Start the game, Roger. But this excitement is extended for the express, <laughs> express use of our audience. Any, <laughs> any rebroadcast or retransmission of this excitement without the NFL's expressed written permission is prohibited. Part two of Cheeseheads in Chicagoland, best podcast about the Green Bay Packers. I'm Mike Fleischman. Over there, that's Matt Mellumsetter. Hey. I'm going to give you all the all the dumb details. We're on Twitter, at CheeseCagoland. Um, we're going to tweet out a picture of the giant sheep. We have to. Yeah, that, that I have on my wall. And we are also... We, at a Facebook group that's called Cheeseheads in Chicagoland, which makes sense. I'm on Twitter at MP Fleischman. Find me there. He's on Twitter at Mellumsetter. Uh, we're both very fun to follow on Twitter. I don't I don't even know if I follow you on Twitter. Do I follow you on Twitter or do you I, just I'm not sure, tweet? I do I don't tweet. I don't okay. I'm that, I'm, that I'm a very it. limited tweeter. I just I think I'll get back into it more now that it's football season. I like to tweet about the sports and I just haven't I've been out. I was out. I had gone Hollywood and I was working so much that I was just not really keeping up with the MLB and stuff. And so I didn't really have anything to say. But now, now it's it's, it's football time. time. Yep. And I'm going to have a lot to say every Sunday. Can we? This is a question for you, Mike. Can we yes. live? Can we live tweet the games from the from the Chicago? Oh, of course. Twitter account. Great. Yeah, that's cool. that's really Great. what it what it's for. Great. Yeah, that's gonna be fun. I sort of started my Twitter career with some contextless tweets about Packers games that I was watching. Mm-hmm. So if you go back on my timeline to like you just find a bunch of like t- the 2016 <laughs> season, they're just like tweets where I just like I'm like, oh my stars. <laughs> 
<laughs> just live tweeting nothing about yeah. the Tigers game. Wow. Yeah, and and only people. It's it's very much like Andrew Garcia tweets the uh, the Cubs games. Yeah, just all the where time. it's just an explosion of like words, just emotion, just it's explosions of emotion. Yeah. With no, like what's happening? Why is this happening? Like replace Aaron Rodgers with <laughs> we need Tim Boyle yeah. in game. <laughs> Let's have Tim Boyle. That's a Chicago accent. I, I I've lost. I've uh, I've I've sort of lost the uh, the up north uh, Wisconsin accent. Mm. Oh, there I'm finding it again. You're finding we it. We need Tim Boyle. We need. Uh, can we he get seems Tim like Boyle. such a nice fellow. He is a nice guy. I'm have sure. a casserole. That's awful. I'm doing a terrible, terrible up north. Um, That's okay. And the reason why is I've heard. I've just been overwhelmed with the the Chicago accent right now. Yeah. Is that it's uh if you just walk outside, you just hear it in the air. You hear Mac, Mac. Oh, <laughs> Everyone's Mac. talking about Khalil Mac. Mac. <laughs> if you step outside of your like door right now in Chicago, you will Mac. not hear anything about the White Sox or the Cubs or the Bulls. You will just hear people screaming about Mac. Khalil Mac. Everyone's <laughs> just so, everyone's outside cooking up their sausages, screaming yes. Khalil Mac. I, I live I live in a, a brick house. It's a it's a thick brick house. Greasies. Uh, all, all pun intended. And my my neighbor next door, who I like very much, is a uh, is a lifelong Chicago Bears fan, a lifelong Southsider. And the only time that I like, and he's a great neighbor. Mm-hmm. But some days during football season, oh. I can hear him through his brick wall and my brick wall. <laughs> Just going, just going like, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, I don't want to disparage, but it's really funny. Yeah. That's, that's how I watch the football games. It's, I actually don't like go to places to watch football games. I have to watch them in my house because I can't maintain to, decorum. I will, I will get too emotional. Yeah. There's a video somewhere. That exists of me uh, screaming after James Jones in uh, 2015 drops the pass in the end zone. Oh, no. Um, Just of me screaming. (laughs) And throwing something and falling onto my bed out of uh, (laughs) zapped of any emotion of any happiness. Football does does. Bad things to to people, and not just the football players. Hey, no hey! Uh, players making the practice squad as of right now. Joel Buanio. I was right about Joel Buanio. He got an extended look. Yeah. He didn't fumble throughout the entire preseason. No, that's got probably put why, on the practice squad. That's probably why he's still on the practice squad. Yep. I think if Joel Buanio had fumbled, we would have dropped him. And oh he sure, been gone though. Hey Fred. Yeah, just enough of an athlete that. Uh, and enough of a, a reliable ball carrier. My uh, my orange cat has uh, has stopped up to uh, to observe the, the podcast recording process. It's been like an hour since I last paid attention to him. So that's uh, he's gone long enough without attention right now. Let's not have him up on the table. <laughs> Um, uh, Tony Brown, cornerback, most likely Herb Waters, other cornerback, Austin Davis, an offensive lineman, mm-hmm. Kendall Donerson, the final Packers pick in the in the draft this year. Uh, he was occasionally involved in football plays. Yeah, played a lot in third and fourth quarters. Got a few pressures. He's all right. He's- yeah, looked. Uh, the the read on him was that he was an absolute project. Yeah. Marwin Evans on the practice squad, most likely going to try and fight his way back onto the active roster. Joe Carriage, a a fullback. Uh, no more Ripkowski. The fans are going to really be fans, upset about that. Yeah, the Wisconsin fans are going to hate that. Yeah. The fullback is like a cherished position in like 
I I think like Midwest states really love the fullback. Yep. I just the, the fullback feels like such a like Midwest state like I love my high school football team type of like position. Sure. Yeah. Does it, that like make sense? The, the Lowell Red Devils yes. love their fullback. I'm, I'm sure the Lowell Red Devils love their fullback fullbacks. <laughs> I'm sure like any high school in South Dakota is still like loving the fullback dive. Like I think I think the fullback is still alive in the small. Well, at, at a lot of at a lot of levels town. of football, yeah. the run game is yeah. still the only game in town. Yeah, I I talk about Lowell because I I'm I've been on the crew for the Lowell Red Devils broadcasts, and they their motto is RDP run don't pass. Right. Yeah. It's it's a very yep. effective Joe motto. Car- Joe Carriage probably get a roster spot down there. Oh, the Lowell Red Devils. Yeah. <laughs> if he wants he to run go. for seventeen hundred yards in the first quarter uh, <laughs> against the uh, the competition they face, and it's just because you know quarterback is such an elite position. Yeah. That you're talking about like four. F- there are six six classes. Yeah. In in high school football in Indiana, six A through one A, and. There are sure there are some four A, five A, and six A schools that have a decent cornerback quarterback, have some receivers, and do play a bit more of a spread offense. Yeah. But once you get down like four A to one A, more often than not, you're talking about wishbones. You're talking about about flex bones. You're talking about uh, the uh, the three the three running back backfields, yeah. the full house backfield talking about maybe maybe one guy that you trust out yeah. there and a lot of players playing two ways. Yes. Well, once you get down to those levels, it's like really just having one good athlete. Is mm-hmm. like one athlete can be the game changer. Yep. If one school in like 1A, I guess I don't really know how Indiana's like levels work. I know in South Dakota we go sub A, we go into the Bs and stuff. There's no Bs. There's no Bs in nope. Indiana. It's like 1A is the 1A, lowest. 1A, yeah, 1A is like, you know, are there 15 like, guys on a varsity football yeah, okay. squad so are in there like, like seven man of, or nine hundred? Okay. Yeah. Uh, these are all 11 man. Uh, everybody plays 11 yep. man. Yeah. Wow. In like in South Dakota, single A, 11 man. If you go below, below single A, it gets into seven and nine. Okay. Man. But it like that single A level is really when you can just have one or two athletes playing running back and just dominate it, just absolutely dominate the state. If you just have one or two really good athletes not even football players not even like talented football players just guys who can run fast and tackle hard you can dominate a high school football league yeah the full the fullback is and it's so valuable at, yeah. at this level because you know your your option guys like your wingbacks yeah. are are somewhere between five foot six and five foot eleven somewhere mm-hmm. between 145 and 200 mm-hmm. pounds at the absolute most so if you have a kid who's six one and has been in the weight room twice this yeah. summer yeah, you know, you're great. Yeah, use he's ready to run, Yeah, he's ready to run between the tackles. Uh, so Joe Carriage, we might we might see him come up to the active roster. It's still a possibility. Tyler yeah. Lancaster, James Looney, two defensive line guys. Greer Martini earned a practice squad good, spot. Good for Greer. I'm so happy for yeah. him. Yeah, he was uh, he was around the ball enough, yeah. but a little bit late all preseason. So uh, I'm I'm sure with him, it's a question of like. What can this guy with like his natural intelligence for the spot? Yeah, he seemed like he was always getting to the right place mm-hmm. and in the right rotations and stuff. Just never uh, athletically kind of on that level as an NFL player. Yeah, what can what can a year of an NFL strength and yeah. conditioning program do for Greer Martini? Right. Could do great things for him, uh, but. You know, if you trade for Morrison, I talked about it last week. Like yeah. Morrison immediately comes in with like he's got Greer Martini's you know intelligence for the game plus a bunch more plus the full NFL he athleticism at 
you know, at, at a major, he played at, I believe, Miami. Yeah. He played at a major program and has been a star and a leader at every level. Like, yeah. Like, we, we like to mythologize the Greer Martinis of the world, but, like, really, you get Morrison for, uh, get Morrison out there for Lindsey Pipkins. Yeah. Like, that's a just, great trade. Yeah. That's an incredible trade. Uh, uh, yeah. I'd trade, I'd trade like seven Greer Martinis yeah. for one yeah. Morrison. Yeah. No, having, having intelligence and, the potential to maybe become an NFL athlete uh, pales in comparison to probably having more intelligence because Antonio Morrison's played at the NFL level for a few years now, along with beyond NFL level intelligence, like not just breaking into the NFL, like certifiable and played in a Southern conference whose, whose offenses resemble the NFL so so much more than, than Notre Dame's opponents. Yeah. Yeah. Also, Adam Pankey made the practice squad, him and Austin Davis are your two, two offensive linemen to make it. And then uh, Vince Beagle and Ahmad Thomas are gone, both linebackers. As the linebacker has just been, you've got Nick Perry, you've got Clay Matthews, but beyond that, not a lot of real consistent answers. Kyler Fackrell is still, he's On the been around for a spot. minute, but yeah, just hasn't. He's, and he's 27. He's cemented like, it yet. He, he hasn't done anything really. Uh, and like out, yeah, outside of that, for our outside outside linebackers, we don't really have a lot of proven depth or talent. Uh, Reggie Gilbert kind of works more as an edge rusher, not so much in like coverage and everything. Um, he'll be a spell for Clay Matthews and Nick Perry, but outside of that, we don't have a ton of outside linebacking depth. I saw an interesting article on Acme Packing Company, which uh-huh. is a great website, and I do like them a lot. But they were they were kind of comparing the the failures of the 2015 and 2017 draft classes, and sure. kind of like t- saying that like it doesn't bode well for them. And I want to take just a bit of a look at it. In that the 2015 draft class that they're saying you know turned out to be a total flop, one and two are Demarius Randall and Quentin Rollins. Demarius Randall became Deshaun Kaiser. Yes, one of the most like potential laden quarterbacks who's not starting right now. Yeah, um, Quentin Rollins is still theoretically on the squad. Sure, uh, and is a bust. But, Definitely. <laughs> yeah. No matter whether he makes the team or not. is still in the NFL. Yeah. He'll play for someone else if, sure. if he doesn't make the Packers roster yeah, this sure. year. He'll get somewhere. Ty Montgomery, who is a prospective starter and a guy who just hasn't been able to be healthy, mm-hmm. which like I, if you're going to start evaluating draft classes based on like, like in, inability to stay healthy, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I'm not with you there. Yeah. Jake Ryan, who blew out his knee, but otherwise been, would be a starter, has been good before mm-hmm. before this. Aaron Rupkowski, who was you know played in, on the NFL roster, but was just you know playing At a dying, dying position. position. And Ringo and and Backman are those are all six round picks that like if you're expecting starters out of your six round picks, you're you're those crazy. Yeah, you're crazy. Yep, they're gone. So you've got a starting running back, a starting linebacker, uh, Brett Hundley. Who? Sorry, uh, yeah. <laughs> a, a fifth round quarterback that didn't work out, yeah. and a starting cornerback that got turned into a backup quarterback who yeah. might be great. Yeah, that's not terrible. No, I'm fine with that draft. Uh, I mean, you can't hit every pick. I think sometimes a lot of people expect to hit every pick. So much of the NFL is is your first two rounds. You're really looking for people that can help you. Beyond that, dude, it's a it's a crapshoot and just purely like can we turn this guy into an NFL talent well look at some of the first round quarterbacks that just got unemployed this weekend look yeah. at Paxton Lynch like Paxton Lynch is gone in Denver yeah, yeah. he's out 
it's like the NFL draft is really just a crapshoot. And so if you can hit on a couple starters, like that's a that's a pretty good draft, honestly. And so they're taking this negative tone with the 2015 draft and then comparing it to the 2017 draft. Uh, your top two picks in 2017 are Kevin King and Josh Jones, yeah. who um, both of them might be starters yeah, both in of them four might, weeks. Yeah, it's, it's really... Uh, to look at a draft class as, as recent as 2017 and to kind of be able to put a grade on it, I I always feel weird when we put grades on drafts coming right out of the NFL draft. Yeah. When, before we've seen anybody step onto a field and play in an NFL uniform. I like five five years. Yeah. To, to I, me is it really is like fair. about five years is, is when you can start to worry about, is this draft a bust? Is this draft done? And now with like some of these drafts, we, we'll see, we'll talk about 2017, we've lost a lot of these guys. A lot mm-hmm. of these guys are gone and are not in the squad anymore. A lot of them were like late rounders who yeah. we shouldn't have expected to be anything on this. Your top three picks are King, Jones, and Montrevious Adams. Montrevious Adams didn't play all most of last year because of an injury. Yep. But King and Jones are prospective starters. Montrevious Adams could probably start on half the NFL teams in the league right now. Mm-hmm. Vince Beagle's a bust. So what? Who cares? Yeah, Jamal draft. Williams is your starting running back. D'Angelo Yancey is a bust. Aaron Jones is another possible starting running back. I don't want to. Can we not put the bust on guys from the fifth round? Yeah, let's maybe not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just, like, D'Angelo Yancey, it, like a borderline sixth-round draft pick, it's just, like, yeah, I don't he know. He was if, the 32nd pick in the fifth round. He was the 32nd round. pick in the fifth round. Like, after that, you're getting, overall. after that, you're getting into conditional fifth-rounders. Like, yep. he, I don't, I never really expected D'Angelo Yancey to play NFL football. It's, uh, yeah, Aaron Jones, who is is going to just, he's going to put the blunt down and yeah. uh, and play NFL football. Yeah. Kofi Amicha, who didn't work out. Devontae Mays, who just never stayed healthy. I mean, had, two, and had three carries, two of them for fumbles. Malachi <laughs> Dupree, who I've not heard learned of. exists today. Yeah, I haven't pretty heard much. of since the draft. Um, uh, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's an interesting idea in that, like, the 2015 draft wasn't very good. Yeah. But I, it's way too early to, to label that like put anything on twenty seventeen. Yeah, Jake Ryan could could play five more seasons as a starting yeah inside linebacker for the Packers if he comes back from this injury. Yeah, and there's there. I mean, like remember AJ Hawk? Like we took AJ Hawk with the what the fifth pick. Mm-hmm. AJ Hawk wasn't a superstar, but AJ Hawk was a starting linebacker on the Green Bay Packers for what eight straight years. Yeah, like never missed a game. Like all pretty much always healthy. That's a good pick to me. It's like AJ Hawk might not have been a superstar at the fifth overall pick, but he was a capable starting linebacker for a long run of years before retiring, which is all you can really ask for in a draft pick. Speaking of draft picks, uh, Khalil Mack is now a member of the Chicago Bears because the Raiders, who yeah. controlled him for a controlled his contract situation for a minimum of three years, yeah. were were deciding that uh, deciding not not to even slightly play ball with his contract demands and traded him to the Chicago Bears for a couple of first round draft picks, and I I really I just to me it's a matter of like I don't know that the Bears roster is ready to contend even with possibly the best defensive player in the league on it? Yeah. No, it's not. It's definitely, definitely, definitely not. Like, it's... Oh, man. Uh, But the Raiders roster might have been. Yeah, the Raiders roster was a contender with Khalil Mack. The Raiders roster was good with Khalil Mack. Now they're not. Now their defense is, like, not. Because Khalil Mack can make or break a defense. And if your defense is pretty good with Khalil Mack on it, you lose Khalil Mack, sorry, 
see you. Like that's you're 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 dropping down. You're dropping down to the bottom tier now. This is the it's it's an inexplicable weekend. Yeah, for the Raiders. They, they trade Khalil Mack, and admittedly, they're going to get first-round draft picks from the Chicago Bears. Mm-hmm. And also, admittedly, if you're the Chicago Bears, do you? I don't have any faith in their ability to draft. No. I, yet? I, no. And... Uh, like, you don't not take the guy. Yeah. What... The Bears, I think, lost out on a lot, but great job on getting Khalil Mack. Like, I think you're... Open- and they paid him. They paid him a lot of money. I think they're opening up their window to like contention earlier than it needs to be opened. It's it's an interesting thing. You don't you don't pass up the ability to acquire Khalil Mack in a trade. It's it, the idea that he would be available for tr- a trade yeah. at all is is absolutely the most like we've been making fun of John Gruden since we went since we first turned the mics live and booted yeah. up a, audition. <laughs> and Wait, you're making a hundred million dollars. Yeah, <laughs> where's my money at? <laughs> I like. Like you could pay a tuna casserole yeah. to make better personnel decisions because because you ask a tuna casserole like, hey, do you want to trade the best defensive player in the NFL for draft picks? And the tuna casserole would not say anything, yeah. which would be interpreted as no. Yeah, <laughs> tuna casserole has been closer than the NFL over the last ten years yeah. than John Gruden has. Uh, it just it it drives me bonkers because John Gruden I really thought had found his place in that I really liked him in the booth as a color commentator because he had a lot of energy yeah he was really excited and he sometimes knew about football yeah, he, he sometimes, sometimes was able to give us good insight which is sometimes rare on like an espn level broadcast he's granular yeah. when it comes to quarterback play yeah he's very granular grand and granular and when it comes to footwork and and pocket presence and quarterback mechanics. He yeah. knows a lot about that stuff. Yeah. And I thought it was really interesting. It was it was also funny because the there was like negative chemistry between him and McDonough in yeah. that booth, which surprised me because I thought McDonough is one of the better guys mm-hmm. for TV play by play until he made the yeah. the Monday night r- crew and turned into Straight a bit up. of a pumpkin himself, mm-hmm. but I don't think those two's energies and auras really did well. But yeah. oh my God, John Gruden is going Back to into the what is going to be left of the Raiders? I it just can I tell you what this felt like? It like felt like John Gruden coming in and just like wanting to show that he's the real leader, and so yeah. he wasn't going to play ball on anybody's contract things, and he's going to trade off everybody that he's is not immediately subjecting themselves to like John Gruden world. And so he's like, Khalil Mack, we're not playing ball on that. Ship you off for first rounders i guess it i can i tell it doesn't i don't really like this trade for either team like i think it took the raiders out of contention it took the raiders out of contention to be good in the afc while also getting ri- rid of the bears next two first round picks which is such a which we're the bears be, are so thin in every position yeah the bears don't have and like we don't know if they don't the know bears need offensive good. linemen the bears the, need the bears need linebackers the bears need i i just they I, I hear a lot of talk from Bears fans who bless them for their eternal optimism. They think they have a good secondary. No, you I, don't. You really don't. Name three. I mean, Prince Mukamara is not good. Bad. He's not good. Fuller's Fuller had a good year. Fuller's get, would get paid. Would have gotten paid too much. Mm-hmm. I mean, what did Fuller get? Fuller contract. He got like a decent amount of money, didn't he? He did. He, he get he, tagged. He, he got four years, fifty-six mil. That's yeah. too much for Kyle. Fuller. Yeah. Oh, that's way too. Much that's for way too much for Kyle Fuller. Like Kyle Fuller's like, that's like um, Casey Hayward money, and Casey Hayward's 
top tier NFL yeah. cornerbacks. Kyle Fuller had one decent year and made a couple big plays. He was not consistent and he was not good in coverage every play. He was spotty and sometimes made a big play. He's not fifty six mil. There's there's now with Khalil Mack, who of course like yeah take him anywhere anywhere for you any can, kind you of can money get him for any kind of money. But I the only player I really liked on the Bears defense was Akeem Hicks. Yeah. Who was very good. Yeah. Reminded me a lot of Mike Daniels. So got to like him for that. Seemed like a real, real good guy on top of that. Mm-hmm. But uh, Leonard Floyd, I've had, I've seen nothing. He's been hurt a lot. From, I mean, they've, yeah. they've had a lot of injuries on the defense. And so Leonard Floyd, Danny Trevathan, and uh, Khalil Mack make a decent linebacking core. But there's nothing really outside of that. You're not going to win games based on the strength of your linebacking core and your pass rush alone. Your wide receiver core is one and a half guys deep. Yeah. You Jordan Howard is Jordan. one injury away from from not playing extended time. It's he's had he's got a lot of miles on him for a running back already. Yeah. yeah. In his young career. Him and, and it's him and Tariq Cohen back there at running back. They, we don't know anything about Trubisky yet. We haven't seen Trubisky in a real offensive system throwing real football. Yeah. It's the right gamble. Because if it does work out, yeah, they look like geniuses. But yeah. I just don't. I just. I think they have too many open spots for like where they need just any kind of talent to be thrown away for strong draft picks like that. Like they need elite offensive linemen. They need an elite. They need an elite playmaker on the outside. It getting Allen Robinson's nice, but it's not. It's it, you're not in contention yet. They're not. They're opening their. I think they're opening their window too early. Allen Robinson has a lot to prove. Yeah, and that it's 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 a it's a situation where a a first year rookie head coach mm-hmm. and a first year quarterback yeah. who had a rough rookie season are are being sent out behind an offensive line that never has that just didn't gel and I don't think is very good. Yeah, to throw to one and a half receivers, and even though. Even though they're going to get the ball on the opponent side of the field with opportunities because of Khalil Mack, like, yeah. they will add like five to seven turnovers yeah. to their to their numbers. They will add at least at least a sack a game yeah. to to their numbers because of this. They will be put in situations where the defense will score points because of yeah. this. But will they score seventeen a game? Because I don't think so. Because that's that's the thing. I, yeah. I don't see the Bears' offense as it stands being worth more than about about twelve and a half points a game on yeah. average. Yeah, it's if their run game isn't there, I don't see the Bears scoring points. If their run game isn't dominating like it did at points last year, like I don't think they will. And the run game seemed to be fluky dominant last year. Like it it depended on two hundred yard games. It depended on guys like Tariq Cohen like running in circles in the backfield before finding a hole and breaking it three. And like that. Isn't a consistent way to run. Yeah, that's that's not a that's not a consistent way to run. And Cohen, there's been like one guy who's been able to sustain a career with Cohen's skill set. Yes. in the last decade, and and that's uh, oh my god, his Dante name? Hall Sproles. Oh, Darren I'm thinking Sproles. of Sproles. Okay. Yeah. Hall as well. I think yeah. is 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 there. But Darren Sproles, Dante Hall, like that's. That's two guys. That's two guys you know, in the last twenty years. Yeah, that have been able to sustain a career based on pure speed. But a guy, a guy, you know, guys like that do come into the league a lot more often than <laughs> just Sproles and Hall. So it yeah. will be, 
It's interesting because he's exciting. Yeah, he's he's one of those guys that you can't help but but root for. You know, a, a Devin Hester type player. Yeah, I'm not I'm not completely cold hearted. No, <laughs> <laughs> I don't hate everyone yeah. in the Bears. Not not everybody. <laughs> uh, there's just there's a lot of oh, there's a lot of question marks and yeah, Mac at least puts them in in a situation where they're going to be in a, a few more games. Yeah, but Mac is going to throw zero touchdown passes. Well. This year, maybe let's let him play yeah. quarterback. Yeah. He's getting paid 160 mil. Sure, we might as well let him play a little quarterback. Yeah, too. he's not gonna he's not gonna rush for any touchdowns. He's yeah. not gonna throw any touchdowns, and he's you know he's not gonna defend. He like passes. Likely, Khalil Mack will not score a touchdown this year. He might lead to a few defensive touchdowns, but he will likely not score a touchdown this year. He will likely not add anything to their scoring totals. And we will we will get a chance to see him on the ninth. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they're they're teaching him the 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 plays where as the you know the end he's just the sellout rusher yeah. first of all. Yeah, and he's he's. Do you think we're gonna when? What's the first week you think we'll see full Khalil Mack every play? Probably week two. This guy week doesn't. Two or three. You don't get to be as good as he is yeah. without being able to pick stuff up pretty quick. Yeah, and he's not just a complete sellout pass rusher when he knows the scheme. Yeah, he doesn't... Uh, he's great at everything. Yeah, he's got great instincts. He he can recognize delayed handoffs. He recognizes runs really well. He stays in his lane. He's a good open field tackler. He's, of course, best when he's rushing the yeah. passer. That's but, what makes him all the money. Yeah. But there's there's no real weakness in, in what he does, so... Yeah, the, the Bears the Bears have made an interesting move, and I, I think they're hoping that... I think they're trying to put themselves in a position where if Trubisky is as good as Rex Grossman, yeah, they can still they make a run successful. for it. Yeah, and that's not the worst position to put yourself in. <laughs> it's it's a heck of a gamble, but when you've been so bad for so long, yeah, like you have to do something. You may as well try and, it. Yeah, it beats the heck out of what the Raiders are doing. Yeah, which, which is, is which is trading for AJ McCarron. Yeah, abandoning. Sh- why? Why would? Why? Why I, they already have, I don't understand why you give up draft picks when you're moving to a new city and essentially yeah, like becoming a, a new franchise for a backup quarterback for a guy who's not going to start like they have yeah. Derek Carr like mm, why again like it's you it, have Connor Cook you have you spent draft picks you spent third round draft capital on Connor Cook to be your backup quarterback why do you not trust that why do you bring in AJ McCarron I wonder I wonder if it's some of the same reasons that John Gruden is so good at dissecting granular football is that he might just be so in love with like AJ McCarron's footwork, yeah, which has won nobody anything in the yeah, NFL ever. Which has done nothing. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason we haven't seen AJ McCarron win a job over Andy Dalton. Yeah, like, it, sorry, like that's it. He's not good. Yeah, I mean, Dal- Dalton's all right. I like his work with the Queens of the Stone Age. Yeah, but uh, is uh, that's that's my new nickname for the Bengals, Queens of the Stone Age. <laughs> yeah, the Queens <laughs> of the Stone Age over there. I don't know who that's rude or to. Actually, mm, but uh, probably the band. Yeah. That's, well, uh, maybe the Bengals too. Oh, I was such a fan of the Queens of the Stone Age for yeah. about a decade. There in their in their run, I was I was really into them. They've they're they had some good. They've I've soured on them. Yeah. A bit. Did, didn't their lead singer like do something really terrible recently? He did kick someone. He kicked somebody yeah, in the face at a show a, or kicked something. Kicked a lady in the face yeah. for for trying to take his his picture yeah that that really kind of started yeah. my my walk away from them but I've, they're one of those bands that you reevaluate 
and you find yourself going like, were they really that good? And like, yeah, they were for about two albums, three albums. They, they, they were that good for for a minute. And they maintained like an impressive level like, of musicianship. Like Clockwork, that's the last thing I listened to by them. I thought it was really good. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, I, I, I thought, thought it was, it was good. The uh, I didn't like villains at all. I didn't think there was anything on the most recent album. I thought Ronson's production was uh, was um, just questionable. What's the most recent one? Villains. Villains? Okay. Yeah. That was a very questionable album. Villains. Oh, yeah. I didn't listen to that Era one. Era Vulgaris is, is, is really strange. This is uh, Cheeseheads in Queens of the Stone Age Land. Mm. I've listened to Songs for the Deaf. That's the other one I've listened that's, to. That's... I like Clockwork and Songs for the Deaf, and I liked Songs for the Deaf. The, the debut self-titled album is probably the one that I've gone back to the most okay. in the last in the last couple of years. It's it's very different. It's before it's before the glam and the pop mm-hmm. really come into their sound in 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 cool ways. But it's it's just very direct. It's got a very very smashing sort of good sort of aesthetic to it. Excuse me. Yeah, Andy Andy Dalton. Looks a bit like Josh Homme, and that's uh, that's the entire basis of that digression. AJ okay. <laughs> McCarron, though, you who trades for AJ McCarron? Who I'll, throws a shoe? Really, an idiot. Ugh. Like a like an actual like dumb coach, like somebody that a uh, dumb general manager, a dumb personal personnel move. The Raiders Terrible. had such like a had had, had the Raiders had a storyline developing too, yeah. Malum Sutter, in that like, okay, Mark Davis, you know, his dad's weird. He's weird. Yeah. Mark Davis needs a haircut. Yeah. He needs a different barber. And and then you like have a good one, right? You wanna uh yeah, actually uh, the uh, the public barber up on up on uh Wilson. Wilson about Wilson and Beacon. At Mark uh, Davis. Yeah. Goes now, Mark Davis, you got to check these guys out. I, I have We've given you a barber. few wrecks, Mark, yeah. and you are not thinking. I just, they had an interesting story in that they had uh, had Derek Carr. I did it right this yeah, time. Hey. Uh, they were bringing in, they were bringing in, in some fun, fun guys. They had Khalil F and Mack. Yeah, they had the best defensive, the best player, in the defensive NFL. player in the NFL. And then they they backed the dump truck up to John Gruden's house and he proceeds to just march in and be like, oh, Khalil Mack, huh? Get rid of him. No, I don't even think so. I want it. I want AJ McCarron. Gruden helpline. <laughs> I'm dialed. I need six backup quarterbacks and they all need to just suck. Do you think he's done Gruden's QB camp with all the Raiders quarterbacks since he came in? Oh. <laughs> yeah. That show's so funny. Did you ever watch that show? A little bit. A little bit. He yeah. would like run them through the drills, like on the practice field, and like John Gruden would run at them with like the big yeah. rusher mats and try and hit them and be like, ah, oh, delivery. <laughs> he's so energetic. <laughs> he's so I just, funny. I just don't think that he's able to see the big picture of no. what's happening to the Raiders. He's not an NFL coach anymore. He's a he's a character. He's not a talented coach. Why not five years, fifty million? That's better. Anything yeah. three years, thirty million sounds great. Yeah, <laughs> uh, zero years, no millions, even uh, better. That's, yeah, that's maybe your, the best. <laughs> that that's your best bet oh. there. Jack Del Rio, though, I mean, like that guy's also ridiculous. <laughs> the Raiders are just a, a string of bad decisions. The Raiders are just a string of terrible decisions, and I would love to see it get real crazy and real wild while they're in Vegas, just ballistic off the charts, wild. Like um, like cowboy like, like cowboys level level interpersonal drama. Just God, Vegas is gonna bring something out of this mm-hmm. NFL team. I think I think a Vegas NFL team will be the craziest. It'll be the first time we really touch into those like NBA level drama. 
I think Las Vegas is is a crazy place. I I went there like a little on the road trip out to uh, Los Angeles. I hated every second I was in there. Oh wow! It just it's okay. just crazy. It's ridiculous. It's everybody lines up for the water shows and like the yes. yeah everywhere you go is like super busy and there's children in everywhere and mm-hmm. like even in the casinos is like weird. I I won money on my first on my first casino. Everyone's drunk. Everyone's drunk. You it's, can still smoke everywhere. Yeah. Uh there you know weed is just like available just, in shops now. It's just not became even dispensaries. Legal. It's yeah. it's completely legal. I thought about it when I was out there last time in yeah. December. I was like I could just like walk into a store and buy weed. And then like you know the voice that's in the in my head is just like Oh, and then you could have the biggest panic attack you've ever had in yep. your life in a very in, well-lit place that's <laughs> Las Vegas, filled with security cameras. <laughs> and then I was like, well, I'm just going to walk past this. <laughs> like I made the, the better decision good, good. decision there. Good, good, good. Uh, but just, and, you know, I, yeah, it's a, it's a strange place. I, I'm a fan of the human condition, so yeah. I like Las Vegas. Las Vegas is a great place to We built watch. a pleasure palace. Yeah. We, we built, built a pleasure palace in the middle of the desert. It's the most unsustainable thing. It's based purely on exploitative capitalism, and it's therefore the most American thing yeah. that exists in America. And it's amazing. It's, it's horrible. It's, it's, it's fun. It is. Las Vegas is like everything. It's torn down after 30 years at maximum. Like everything's rebuilt. Torn down, rebuilt, torn down, rebuilt constantly. It's every business there is every everything in Las Vegas comes runs through casinos, which are businesses made just to make money. Mm-hmm. Casinos print money. How do any casinos ever fail? <laughs> well, it's a great uh, question for our president. Yeah, for Donald yeah, Trump is how did you yeah. run three casinos into the ground? Those are businesses made to make money. <laughs> They yeah. literally print money. You can't. And it's, it's, <laughs> it is a place that like there, there are there are moments of class in Las Vegas that are mainly prompted by the amount of money spent on them. Yes. And and like even like the classy places like I think, you know, you walk into a place like uh, the Wynn, which is like mm-hmm. Steve Wynn's yeah. sort of flagship uh, hotel casino. It's amazing in there. It's absolutely yeah. beautiful. Yeah. But like Steve Wynn is the biggest scumbag yeah. on earth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the most impeccable meal I had last year was at a, a downtown Fremont Street casino called The D. The name of it is a dick joke. Yeah. <laughs> the whole thing. Is, like is in it the a whole big, place. Is, is it like, a big, one big tall tower or is it, do you have really. other? <laughs> it's, uh, the, wow. the Fremont Street stuff is a little bit more subdued. Yeah. But like the inside of it is just like, it's like a, just a bachelor party. Yeah. Just all the time. Just all It's the... just red leather and black walls and like... Uh, but they actually had a good steakhouse, yeah. like a good classic Italian restaurant in there that I, I thought was was really, really impeccable. And like the, you walk into it and you're like, oh well, it's not douchey in here. This is a, a relief, is nice. actually. Like the reviews of it are very much like, you wouldn't expect it to be in a place that literally is a dick joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh. Yeah, Las Vegas is is a place. The Raiders are going to have a lot of fun out there. Yeah. Las Vegas is ready Las for Vegas the Raiders. Love sports, dude. Las I, Vegas I asked a lot wild. of locals. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just about about the Raiders coming in. Everyone's fired up. Yeah. There are jerseys everywhere. There are yeah. flags everywhere. Bumper stickers on cars. They are so ready. They're excited. They loved the Knights. They treated the Knights great once the Knights started up. Um, the Knights play in a palace. Yeah, on I, on the strip near the Mirage. It's, it's amazing. incredible. It's incredible. We walked past it. It's it's. It's remarkable. I mean, I, do, you, do we know where the Raiders are playing right away? Are they building a stadium? Or are they? I think like they are building UNLV? one. Okay. I think 
Adelson, who's just again like like give Steve Wynn a run for his yeah. money as far as like douchebag people. Yeah. But uh, yeah, this is it's just quintessential Las Vegas. Everyone's terrible. Yeah, classic. <laughs> Everyone's very rich. Yep. It's designed to take your money away, and yet somehow. I still enjoy it. Yeah. And I'm not a gambler. Yeah. I am a drinker. But yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't well, work out for me in that direction. A lot of free beer in uh, Las Vegas. But, um, oh my goodness. It's a... Uh, it's a crazy place. Yeah. And John Gruden is... Um, I love it. He's got $100 million He's got to be blow. a sunk... Yeah. It's got to be just a sunk cost thing where... <laughs> Just get me, get me to La, get me to Las Vegas, John Gruden, and John then John Gruden signed that contract. He was like, "I'm gambling every cent, just every, want, every cent, just of wandering through the desert." Like, oh, this place seems okay. Do you think John Gruden's first paycheck? John Gruden is he going to like one of those high speed race car spots, or is he? What's he doing? He's with just going to assemble like a group of scorpions and such and start drawing a place for them in the middle of the desert. <laughs> He's going to buy a huge hundred acre yeah. patch in the desert where he keeps all of his scorpions, <laughs> and he spends his time on his scorpion ranch. You gave up the best scorpion in the league <laughs> for a cactus. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to get confusing out there. Do we have any more Packers news? No, we don't. Right. No, we're fr- we're fresh out. We got cool. the uh, the new new linebacker. We got the new running back. Um, once again, opening night. It's sun. It's next Sunday. It's yeah. the ninth. We're going to have a very good time watching Packers Bears from Lambo. There's no better NFL opening than that. No, Al Michaels Collinsworth opening. have have the TV call. Yeah, it's it's going to be a lot of fun and. On to, on the following Tuesday, you're going to be able to uh, to download or just stream Cheeseheads in Chicagoland regular season 2018 week one Ow! with Mike Fleischman and Matt Malum Center. I can't wait. Uh, thank you for listening to this cool podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Cheesecagoland. We'll start live tweeting all this nonsense. Uh, follow us on our Facebook group at Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. There's no at in front of Facebook groups. No. Facebook doesn't work that way. Um, I'm on Twitter at MP Fleischman. He's on Twitter at Melamsetter. Anchor.fm is a really cool place if you want. If you're listening to this podcast and thinking, I could do a better Green Bay Packers podcast than, do. than these jerks do, uh, you're probably wrong. But wow. Anchor.fm yeah. is uh, is the place where you could uh, upload it. It's totally free, and they get you on all these services because I don't understand anything it's about it. a lot. Yeah. computers and they just they just put it up there for me so it, it works out really well mike do you have a cheese head of the week just before we get into this last outro do oh my have, god you're right do you have anybody do i i don't i okay i, I <laughs> just want i'm just gonna say tim boyle because he he threw a lot of passes he threw more passes than he should have thrown and he his arm didn't fall off so good job tim yeah we might want to give it to to tim boyle i i i want to just shout out Geronimo Allison for catching a 31-yard touchdown pass by running an impeccable route and getting open yeah. on fourth and one. He, Geronimo's routes and his kind of technical stuff has looked really tight this preseason. I'm excited to watch Geronimo Allison play with Aaron Rodgers. Yep. Oh, I found it. I found. I yep. found my guy. It's Robert Tanyan. Okay. Because he made a 53-man roster. Yeah. Based on on his. <laughs> yeah. No. On no. a four-catch, 31-yard, yeah. one touchdown. Great game. job, Robert. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, Robert Tanyan is the head cheesehead for for week four. I I was so determined not to talk about the Chiefs game <laughs> that I almost I almost forgot the the vague structure that we we are supposed to have on this podcast. That's gonna do it for this week. Stay tuned. Stay right with us because next week it's gonna be regular season week one we'll be talking about Packers Bears and uh, until then a Melon Center what we tell them we tell them to stay cheesy baby yeah man yeah.